Hey there, welcome to Dirt Rich, seasonal conversations on food and farming. Amidst this intense July heat, it is nearly time for the garlic harvest. Garlic is growing as a premium crop for farmers in Minnesota, and Jerry Ford is a local champion of this allium. Today, he shares his harvest and post-harvest processes with us. I'm your host, Katie Federal, and here's Jerry. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Doing fine. Another day in paradise. Oh, good, good. So, Jerry, tell me a little bit about your farm. Well, I actually married the farm. Um, my background is not in farming. However, my wife is the fourth generation on this farm. And as soon as I saw the place, uh, I was living in Texas at the time, uh, I fell in love with it. And after we were married for 12, 12 years living down in Texas, we moved to the farm. Uh, and we're about an hour west of Minneapolis on the North Fork of the Crow River. Uh, and the farm was founded by my wife, Marianne Kreitlow, by her uh, great-grandfather in 1898. Um, and so she is the fourth generation. We do have uh, the third generation, my father-in-law, uh, lives with us still. He's turning 98 here in July. Uh, and he was one of the forerunners, one of the early adopters of soil and water conservation work back in the 1940s. Most of our farm, and your uh, farming listeners will know this term, most of our farm is highly erodible land which means it's hilly or it's got the kind of soil that can wash away uh, and end up down in the Gulf of Mexico. And my father-in-law was became very aware of this in the 1940s and started doing a lot of soil and water conservation practices. And now our farm is actually building topsoil um, on land that shouldn't be under normal circumstances. So we've taken it the next step, and my wife and I, our farming operation is called Living Song Farm, and we, um, we do a couple of things as our main push, uh, uh, and then a couple of sidelines, but mainly we are raising grass-fed beef and replacement dairy heifers. Um, so we have cattle on the property, and then we're kind of known for garlic. Um, it's one of the least uh, land-intensive parts of our farm in terms of how much space it takes up, but it's uh, it's a very nice uh, business to be running, and it's uh, what people seem to know us for. And so one of the next steps we also took on the farm, and this will be the last point I'll make about it, is that we're uh, certified organic. Um, our garlic is certified organic, and our pastures are as well. So when did you start growing garlic then, and, and what got you into that? It was a big accident. Uh, I didn't mean to. Um, I kind of feel like I'm supposed to apologize for growing garlic sometimes. <laughs> uh, but it, when we moved back to the farm in 2002, we had a friend who was living in St. Paul, and he uh, knew we were coming, and he said, well, why don't, why don't you and I as in my friend and myself, uh, with a lot of emphasis on him, grow some garlic and he would sell it to his friends in the Twin Cities. 
and it sounded like a great idea. And we got here in June and I found out, oh, well, you plant garlic in October. So I've got some time here. So I found some seed garlic from a guy in Wisconsin. There weren't a whole lot of people growing it in Minnesota at that time. Um, and, uh, and got that. Well, when I called up my friend to come out and plant this stuff, uh, he, he replied with, um, oh, my aching back. And, and he finked out on me. So I had all this seed garlic and, well, I went ahead and planted it. I did it mostly wrong. And, but at least it was October and it was in the ground. Um, and to uh, kind of fast forward 18 years, two of the varieties that we are still growing on the farm come from that original seed stock. We've been replanting it now for 18 years. I think the garlic forgave me for being not very good at it. Wow, yeah, that's quite a legacy of garlic in addition to like your, um, the family legacy of conservation too. Yeah, well, the, the garlic was a happy accident and the, the soil and water conservation work is quite intentional. So they're different in that way. Oh, so we're actually coming right up on the time frame for garlic harvest now, aren't we? We sure are. It's uh, generally the, uh, it's different every year, but it's going to be in July for the most part, almost all the way across Minnesota. And it does tend to generally be earlier in the southern part of the state, as you might expect. And, and they're growing it way on up north, oh, garlic growers up near Lake of the Woods. Um, then uh, they're going to be a little later generally. But soil type can also affect it. Um, the varieties of garlic is, you know, there's, we're growing over 50 different varieties of garlic in Minnesota. Uh, yeah, and, and kind of surprising, there's over 100 varieties of garlic out there in the United States. Um, and, but they mature at different times. <clears throat> so if you're growing seven or eight varieties, you may be picking your porcelains first and then uh, getting to your purple stripes and your soft mix and all a little later. Um, so but generally it all will fall within July. And it's a bit of an art uh, and most of us are a little obsessive about it uh, and stress out about, okay, let's harvest today. No, 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 it's not quite ready. Let's not do it yet. The rule of thumb that I give to uh, beginning growers uh, like with the Minnesota Premium Garlic Project that I'm the director of, we have mentoring program going on. Uh, what I'll tell them is when the three bottom leaves, and generally there's six or seven leaves on a garlic plant, when those three bottom leaves have gone brown, uh, and you, in the bottom two, you won't even, they won't even be there anymore, and the third one's going brown, it, it's okay to start then. Um, and then you've got a window of a week or so to, to get that particular garlic in. Is there a certain type of day or time of day that's best for harvesting? Well, 75 degrees with low humidity and a light cooling breeze uh, would be just great. Um, we're not going to get that in July. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> do it when you can. Uh, you, sometimes you have to suffer for your, your garlic. Uh, if it's a day like 
today, July 1st, uh, when I thought I was going to be <laughs> dealing with some heat exhaust, heat exhaustion, um, it can be it can be hard work. Um, but hopefully it'll be nicer. Nah, anytime. And I, the garlic is pretty forgiving with that. All right. So we'll pretend that you got that 75 degree day. You're out in the field. What kind of tools did you bring with you? What do you need? Well. <sighs> That depends. Everybody does it differently. Um, Want to make the point that the kind of garlic we're growing here in Minnesota is not commodity garlic. It's not pull it out of the ground, chop the stalks off, chop the roots off, throw it in the truck, send it down the road, and take whatever price they're paying that day. No, we're doing gourmet garlic. Uh, we're doing specialty crop garlic, um, premium stuff really proud of this bulb. Look at that. Isn't that gorgeous kind of garlic? So everybody does it differently. Um, there, you'll see things like um, skid steers uh, with shovels on them digging underneath. That's kind of at the, the most mechanized end. Um, along with people will modify potato diggers and will um, uh, use those to dig out this root crop um, in certain kinds of soils that works well. My soil, for instance, is a very heavy loam, uh, almost clay soil. And if it's wet, uh, it's actually easy to just pull the thing right out of the ground with your hands. Um, and and we that's mostly what we do here. Um, but that means there's going to be a lot of hand work. This is not something that you can mechanize to do gourmet garlic. All right. So after harvest, I've heard that garlic needs to go through a curing process. Why is that? It, it does need a curing process if you're growing gourmet garlic. If you're just going to be sending it to a processor, and there are these companies now with the expansion of the garlic market in uh, Minnesota, which we like to take some of the credit for, we being SFA in the Minnesota Premium Garlic Project, uh, where some people are just selling it straight to a processor who's putting it into soups or kimchi or any number of uh, things that the garlic is just an ingredient, not the end product. Um, if you're doing that, you don't really have to cure it so carefully especially if you're just going to move all of it to the processor and they're going to take care of it from there. But if you want to sell gourmet garlic and if you want it to store a long time, and if you want to mellow the flavor a bit, uh, then you're going to want to cure it. Um, <clears throat> and that there's kind of an art to this as well. Uh, it's it's um, the most important thing is airflow. You don't want it out in sunlight. You want it in indirect light uh, and keeping air moving around it. Because what you're looking to do is to dry down the outer skins of the garlic that are sealing in the cloves uh, so that they become like this nice, strong package that is holding those cloves in. And, but at the same time, you're keeping the inside, the cloves themselves, uh, you're keeping them moist. So you're like sealing that moisture in 
Um, and it's, it's a bit of a process. Uh, and folks are welcome to contact me to get more details about that uh, through the Minnesota Premium Garlic Project. Then how do you store the garlic after that? Well, I'm glad you're asking that because we can do all this careful curing. And then if the customer takes the garlic home, or even, you know, this could be a, a food co-op that for some reason doesn't know any better, and they put it in the refrigerator, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to store well. The best way to store garlic at home, once you've bought well-cured, nice garlic, uh, is going to be to keep it out in the open. Don't put it in where it's going to be dark all the time. Um, and it's got some airflow around it. Um, never in the refrigerator unless you've already peeled it. Once you've peeled garlic cloves, yes, put them in the refrigerator. Um, but while you're storing that whole bulb, you want to keep it out. You know, show it off. Put it in the kitchen. Hang it up. Make it look really nice. Make your friends jealous of all this really great local garlic you got. If you do that, and if it was well cured by the producer, you're going to have garlic that can store for nine months or more. Um, there's been times on our farm that we're eating the previous year's garlic for lunch while we're harvesting the current year's garlic. Oh, that's something I've never, obviously I've been storing garlic wrong. I'll start with that, but yeah, I've never had it last from, you know, one garlic festival to the next. So I'm <laughs> going to have to work on that. Yeah. And that's not every year, Katie. Um, sure. Uh, there's conditions that, in the growing season that can affect how well the garlic is going to store. And again, this thing of here we grow 50 different varieties, each one of them stores differently. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit more. And how does the variety of garlic affect how it's stored and how it's harvested? Well, it's, it's, that really is um, two different questions. As, as I think your little pause there is like, oh, this is probably two different questions. And it is. Um, uh, again, keeping in mind that there these, and this is my count of 50 varieties or more grown here. And you know, if you, when we're actually doing a garlic festival live, um, not, not this year, uh, you can go in there and walk around the garlic building with the 15 growers that are there and see over 50 different kinds of garlic. Um, so it, it, generally the Northern garlics, what we call the hard neck garlics, uh, are going to be easier to harvest, um, because they've got this hard neck. The stalk is hard, is stiff is woodier uh, and they're stouty, stouter, hardier plants. So they're going to be easier to harvest. They're also easier to grow. Most people think that garlic is a Southern crop, that it came from the Mediterranean or some tropical region and it did not. The original garlic, the progenitor of what we have as Allium sativum garlic, uh, came from the Himalayan plateau in Eastern China where the, it rarely gets above 50 degrees and it was at 5,000 feet. The original garlics are northern plants. I mean, we have varieties here that are coming in from Siberia. You know, <laughs> uh, they grow plenty of garlic in Canada. Um, so those northern garlics do better here. They harvest easier and they store better. They're on top of all of that, the northern hardneck garlics. Um, are just tastier. 
the only disadvantage is the cloves are so big, some people don't know what to do with them. That, you know, you've got cloves coming out of those garlics that are, you know, bigger than Brazil nuts. So yes, they do store differently. Um, okay, so we have family groups of garlic, and then we have all those cute variety names that we give them, like music and chestnut and Siberian and Creole. Um, those are cute little names that somebody gives them. Um, and, but, and there's dozens and dozens of those. With the family groups, there's 11 of those. And they are um, different garlics that are genetically very similar or identical to each other in those family groups. Those family groups, generally the northern garlics will store better. Um, and the southern garlics, the soft necks and all, will store worse. Um, and of course, you, some of your listeners are going to say, well, that's not right. Um, I've got a soft neck garlic here that stores really well. Exceptions are, are the rule. What do you need to do to prep your garlic for sale? Well, we, we do a lot of um, uh, cleaning. Uh, there's, again, everybody has different techniques from using compressed air to lots of brushing and all, but we want to make it look nice. Um, so, of course, first we do the curing. Um, you can start cleaning before it's fully cured. Um, but once it's fully cured and you can cut the stalk about an inch above the bulb or a little higher if you want to, and it doesn't, no juice comes out, um, then you're ready to do that. You can cut the stalk, cut the roots, or some people leave a fair amount of roots on there. Um, it's, you know, sometimes that can look really cool. Um, but generally you'll see it with the roots cut off. And then you'll peel off one or two of those outside skin wrappers and that'll get it cleaned up so that it'll look really nice. And then some people braid the garlic. I think people have seen garlic braids hanging and uh, some of us do kind of clever packaging so that you can hang it up in the kitchen uh, for the best storage method. Uh, and then of course you can just have it loose in, in bags or boxes. And of course, a lot of the CSA growers um, are using garlic in their CSA boxes. So it's just thrown in with, with everything else. How many bulbs do you end up harvesting each season on your farm? And how many people does that take to do it? Well, we're not that big. Um, we do about 7,000 bulbs. Uh, and remember, we're saving a fourth of that. Well, I didn't really mention this before, but uh, we save about a fourth of our crop to replant for next year as seed stock because once you've got garlic acclimated to your your conditions the best seed stock you'll ever get is your own uh, so we you know out of seven thousand bulbs we're only going to sell maybe you know four thousand uh, but it's a high value uh, crop even though it's labor intensive it's high value i sell for around fifteen dollars a pound i uh, and so it's worth the extra work to do that. And you can have a nice little income stream uh, with that 7,000 bulb size. Growers um, around the state are about that size up to um, 25,000 to 30,000 uh, bulbs that they're selling. Um, and at uh, 
anywhere between two and three dollars a bulb, that can be a nice little piece of income. Um, so how many people to harvest? Well, normally I like to have a crew of eight to ten people, and we'll work uh, the full day. We'll feed everybody. We'll take a afternoon tea time break, and and then we'll work on into the evening, and we can get it done in two or three days. Um, well, this year um, we're not going to have that many people at one time uh, on our farm. Uh, so uh, we're going to spread it out further and use smaller groups of people. Uh, but there are people that do it all by themselves, and there are people that will hire a big crew and have a big party and get it all done in one day. All right, so you write the stinky news and generally have all these creative uh, quips about garlic, so I do have to ask you for at least one fun fact about garlic. Oh, I can't do just one. <laughs> 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 well, I, 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 I thank you for accusing me of writing the, the stinky news. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's quite uh, an allegation. Yeah, it, it's, uh, for those who are familiar with it, you know why we're joking about this. But uh, it, it's, a, it's just a fun thing that I write about the Garlic Festival. Uh, and it's not an official SFA publication, so I can get away with some things. Um, but there, you know, there are, Katie, so many jokes and fun sayings that are based on the fact that garlic, well, some people think it stinks. And things like, you know, eating garlic will keep you from catching a cold because no one will get near you. Um, and my favorite one like that is to try the garlic diet. You don't lose any weight, but you look smaller from a distance. Um, and then I just think that there, uh, the, the, that whole idea that garlic comes from northern climates and does well here in Minnesota, I think that's just kind of a quirky thing. Um, when I first started growing, there weren't a lot of people growing it here. I actually made some garlic scape pesto last night, and I was thinking after I ate it, noticing just how potent that was and realizing it was a really great time of uh time of life, I guess, to eat a lot of garlic and I can keep people, instead of maybe at that six foot COVID distance, maybe a little bit farther away. So I do like that joke about <laughs> well, we'll give We'll give garlic some of the credit for um, beating the pandemic. Um, <laughs> and, and you just mentioned the scapes and we didn't even talk about that. We just finished scaping season, which is a flower stalk that appears on the top of the garlic. And it tastes a whole lot like garlic. Um, and not quite as strong, generally. And a lot of people are making pesto out of it and just eating it, putting it in salads. I had it today in a salad. You've mentioned the Minnesota Premium Garlic Project a few times now. Um, are there any events upcoming for that that we should be on the lookout for? We are doing events. There are virtual events. A matter of fact, uh, we're recording this on July 1st, and last night we did uh, a virtual field day at Five Sisters Organics in um, Bemidji and had a bunch of people on that and it's recorded and will be on our YouTube channel, the SFA YouTube channel uh, uh, soon. On July 11th, uh, and you can find all this uh, out, I mean, it, it's hard to miss garlic on the SFA website. It's, it's almost like, you know, flashing at you when you come on the website. Um, on July 11th, we're going to do another virtual field day at Kaufman Garlic and Apples. They're down near Owatonna. Uh, 
Um, and they are doing some of the field trials that we're doing. We're doing testing on different practices with garlic. And what we could do is we're shooting video at the farm, short video clips that will show during the virtual tour. And then we'll stop and do question and answer for a while. So it's a combination of live event and pre-recorded material. Um, so that's coming up on July 11th at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, you can get your second cup of coffee and, uh, and join us for a, a garlic field day. And then, of course, Minnesota Garlic Festival. We're doing a virtual version this year. And you can go to mngarlicfest.com. And there's all kinds of features. You will be able to get your garlic. A lot of people rely on Garlic Festival to buy their year's supply of garlic uh, and to buy their seed stock for their gardens and, uh, and for their farms. Uh, we're going to run a virtual directory that will have um, all the different growers on it that you can buy from. They'll be disease tested and they'll all be SFA members so you know you can trust them. And uh, so you'll still be able to get your garlic. Plus, we're going to do a bunch of chef demos and um, fun stuff um, on the, in the virtual garlic festival this year. Great. Well, sounds like plenty of ways for people to uh, keep learning more about garlic and buy garlic. And thank you so much for taking the time today, Jerry. We'll, we'll catch you soon. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Katie. Dirt Rich is produced by the Sustainable Farming Association. We believe agriculture, done well, heals. For more information or to tap into the Farmer to Farmer Network, visit us at sfa-mn.org.